Today is Monday, December the 18th, 2023, a week to go before Christmas. Uh, on the episode today, will inflation be tamed in 2024? We're going to hear what the Bank of Canada has to say on that. Canadians have set a new record for household debt in November. Prime Minister Trudeau, he makes a new housing promise to Vancouver. What was once the world's largest company has been sold. And if you're struggling with your Christmas baking, I've got some bad news for you. Let's get started with today's news. There was some pretty good news coming from uh, Bank of Canada Governor Tiff Macklin the other day, and he spoke in Toronto, and he said that the bank is making significant progress in fighting inflation, and he sees monetary policy easing once the bank sees inflation on a sustained downward track. But looking at the year behind us is a good reminder of how far we've come. The 2% inflation target is now in sight. And while we're not there yet, the conditions increasingly appear to be in place to get us there. The economy is no longer in excess demand, and underlying inflationary pressures are easing in much of the economy. We still need to see more downward momentum in core inflation. And we'll be watching the demand supply balance, wage growth, corporate pricing behavior, and inflation expectations closely as we assess where we are on the path to price stability. So Malcolm says that the conditions appear to be in place to allow the bank to shift its policy, which is uh, good news. He also lays out a few ideas as to why he feels that way. 2024, without a doubt, will be a year of transition. Uh, Macklem warns, though, that the next few quarters are going to be tough, and he says that he expects the inflation number will remain high for the time being, especially for things that we all need. Uh, he highlighted uh, food and shelter, but he certainly is being optimistic, and he says that by this time next year, things could look brighter. Here's what he had to say on that. We've come a long way in 2023, and by the time I give my year-end speech next year, I expect the economy will be growing. Businesses' hiring plans will be expanding, and inflation will be getting close to our 2% target. Of course, predicting the future is difficult. And it could be harder to get inflation down than we think. We know we need to remain vigilant. Now, last week, uh, Malcolm said that he agreed that the bank had probably been sufficiently restrictive to this point to achieve the inflation target rate. So far, this is probably the clearest signal that I've heard that the bank interest may have peaked out. Uh, in his talk, he wasn't specific about timing. He didn't talk specifically about what dates they would look at cutting rates, but he did note that it doesn't need to, he, they don't need to see the um, inflation down at exactly the 2% target before they start easing. He said that they just need to be clearly headed in that direction. The bank's first interest rate decision in the new year will be January 24th, and that could probably set the tone for the rest of the year. According to a recent report by Stats Canada, the household debt service ratio in Canada, so that is the total debt obligations as a proportion of disposable income, hit 15.22% in the third quarter. That is now the highest ratio on record. And with all of the upcoming mortgages that need to be renewed in the next couple of years at higher interest rates, it's likely that the financial pressure that Canadian households are seeing is only going to become worse. Um, I reported on this program last week that we've seen a trend for those who have already renewed their mortgages at higher rates to reduce their consumer spending, and that is expected just to ramp up as we work our way through 2024. When it comes to mortgages, um, over the last couple of years, mortgage interest rates, mortgage interest payments rather, have actually increased 90%, and during that same time period, the amount of mortgage um, principal that is paid has declined by 16.8%. So as we've all heard, there have been a lot of people over the last year or so that um, have had variable mortgages and they've seen more and more of their payments going towards paying off interest as opposed to paying down the principal. 
Uh, a lot of these cases have actually seen, have, have actually gone into negative amortization uh, where the monthly amount that they're paying doesn't even uh, cover the interest portion um, of the payment. Uh, this recent report shows that Canadians are now paying 9.2% of their disposable income just for interest payments across all types of debt. And this is the highest proportion since 1995. Now, in a related story, Stats Canada reported that in the third quarter, the ratio of Canadian household debt to income actually decreased, actually narrowed uh, a little bit. The credit market debt as a proportion of household disposable income fell to 181.57 in the third quarter. That is now down ever so slightly, but it's down from the 181.88 that we saw in the second quarter. Put that into layman's terms and Canadians owe $1.82 in, in credit market debt for every dollar of household disposable income. So our overall household debt compared to disposable income is down, but the cost to service that debt is up. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, he announced that the federal government has made a deal with the city of Vancouver that will see $115 million in federal funding program that could help build more than 40,000 homes in the city over the next decade. Of this number, the projection is that there would be 3,200 homes built over the next three years. Today, we're extremely happy to announce that we've reached a deal with the city of Vancouver that will see over 40,000 homes built over the next decade. According to the CMHC, uh, housing starts across the country actually fell 22% in November, but there was a massive 39% decline in housing starts um, in the city of Vancouver. Some of the major features of this new program are to reduce bureaucracy, red tape, build more houses near transit, and to make housing uh, more affordable, or to make more affordable renting housing, and also to um, increase density. More housing built near transit, more affordable rental housing, and more density. Homes in accessible, vibrant communities, the very places people want to live and raise their families in. Now, as far as obligations on the city itself, Trudeau said that Vancouver would move to streamline rezoning and expand its affordable rental programs. And this should lead to a significant improvement in the way that housing is built. The Blossom Social app is now 75,000 Canadians strong, sharing thoughts, sharing ideas, sharing strategies. Just this past week, I made four portfolio moves myself, all buys. If you're a Blossom member, check it out. My username on the platform is Mark B, so it's M-A-R-C-B. If you're not in the app, it's free to download. And if you're interested in keeping track of my portfolio, I'll see you on Blossom. More than 100 years ago, in 1901 to be exact, a group that was led by J.P. Morgan and Charles Schwab, so two of the biggest names in finance, it created U.S. Steel, which went on to become the world's largest company at one point. Uh, at one point, the company was valued at more than a billion dollars. It was 1.4 billion to be exact. That translates into about 49.2 billion dollars um, in today's money. Now, the deal also made Andrew Carnegie the richest man in the world at one point. This uh, icon of American business has now been sold to Japan's largest steelmaker, which is Nippon Steel, for a deal valued at $14.1 billion. So this is interesting when you compare the new sale, $14.1 billion, compared with the $49.2 billion way back when. Now, the uh, offer, it is uh, $55 a share. It represents a roughly 40% premium to where shares were trading on Friday. It's also a lot higher than the offer that the company received in August of this year. Rival Cleveland Cliffs, they made an offer earlier this summer for $35 a share, which is 20 bucks a share less than the new Nippon offer. The board rejected the offer at the time, but it did open the pathway to where we are today. According to the terms of the deal, US Steel will retain its name and it will continue to have headquarters in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I'm not sure about where you live, but I know in our town here, you can sell a pound of sugar for pretty much any price that you asked. 
Christmas baking is in full swing and store shelves are conspicuously empty uh, when it comes to their sugar supply. Workers at Rogers Sugar have been on strike now since September 28th and they've been negotiating over issues such as wages, benefits, and the company's uh, plans to increase the refinery operations and change it into a 24-hour-a-day, 365-day operation. The previous collective agreement that they had expired back on February 28th uh, of this year and negotiations have been ongoing since May. The company announced over the weekend that it is pausing negotiations after the union, which represents its workers, rejected the company's latest offer. Adrian Soldera, he is the president of the Private and Public Workers of Canada Local 8. He said that the negotiation breakdown stems mostly from the company's demand for these continuous operations, which would necessitate 12-hour shifts. Rogers' facility in Vancouver is one of only three sugar refineries in the entire country that process imported sugarcane. I am on this program every Monday and Wednesday with an update with the latest trending news. Subscribe so you don't miss anything. If you're just getting started at investing, check out our Investing Academy. We offer online training and our programs are designed to take you through the whole investment process. So you might be a raw beginner. We want to take you to being a fully confident investor. You can check out the Academy website for more information. I will put a link in the description of this video. Thanks for watching today. I'll see you in a couple of days.